Being a mom is the toughest job there is, and it doesn't come with instructions. So it's okay if you don't have all the answers. We'll figure it out together. This is Mom Brain with Alaria Baldwin and Daphne Oz. Hey guys, welcome back to Mom Brain. I'm Ilaria. And I'm Daphne. And today we are talking with Elizabeth Chambers Hammer. She is a TV personality. She is uh, the owner and CEO and founder and all of those things. Baker, decorator of Bird Bakery. And she's just like a really like cool, cool, cool mom. She um, mom of two, mom of two, and she's she's really amazing because she's done so much in very early on. You know, she opened up her bakery when she was twenty eight, and she had to work really, really hard. So you're going to hear all about that. And she's just is like a very vibrant, like fun personality. So I think you're really going to enjoy. A wealth of information on everything from skincare to getting your your baby's gold status on an airline. <laughs> she travels everywhere with her kids. There's just there. She's one of those people that um, you feel like you could just the more questions you ask, the more amazing answer she's going to come up with. Lots of fun, vibrant lion Leo coming your way. So have a listen to Elizabeth Chambers Hammer. We'd make you guys do the hard part. We ask you to introduce yourself. So imagine we'd have known nothing about you. I'm Elizabeth Chambers Hammer. I'm the mom of two delicious babes, Harper and Ford, four and a half and two and a half. And I'm the CEO and founder of Bird Bakery, a TV host, judge on Food Network, and a mom. And where can we follow you? Uh, Elizabeth Chambers on Instagram or I mean, really, I just on the gram. We're on the gram. Okay, so uh, just so you know, we literally just we like no talk about anything we awesome. want. There's I no agenda. It. There's nothing that like. But as I do want to hear about cupcakes because okay. I know I love that I, everyone in your family's yeah. a baker. Yes, everyone. I mean, what better thing in this world than sweets? And what like more nostalgic sweet is there than cupcakes and cakes? Like, I feel like it's such a labor of love to make a cake. It's such a labor of love to bake anything. And to me, a cake is just indicative of a celebration. And shouldn't life just be about the celebrations? Like, there are enough setbacks in this world. And I feel like everything, like it's Friday before my daughter's graduation. It should be a celebration. Like, and I kind of try to instill that in my kids. And, and I love that about the bakeries. Like I opened our first location seven years ago and the journeys that we've been on with our customers, you know, obviously like a cupcake is less of a commitment to a cake. So people will come in and, Oh, we just want a cupcake. It's the last day of school. Or we want a cupcake. They just want their softball game, which to me is just like a more of a way to celebrate. Um, so we have customers who have been, they came on their very first date and we were closing and I could tell that they were like so cute and in love. And even though it was their first date and, um, opened up the bakery for them and they got a dozen cupcakes and enjoyed them on their car in the back of their car. And then we did their huge wedding cake, which was like the base was no the biggest way. cake we've ever done. 28 inches. Um, and then it was like six tier. It, I had to, speaking of sprinter vans, we had to, um, rent like a refrigerated truck because it was before we actually had them when we first opened, like drive it to the hill country where my husband and I were in the back holding their cake, just hoping it didn't collapse with like, it was stressful. Yes. But so like, this is like a real family operation. Like you and your husband are just yeah. I mean, yes. exactly. Thankfully now we have almost a hundred employees and wow. uh, opening our third location. Wow. And so I'm, thankfully can be with my children and not baking all the cakes That's but amazing. yes it's it's just to me I and so we did their wedding we did their first uh baby shower we did their um gender reveal and now we've done their third baby shower and like 
to loyal be there. customers. Exactly. Yes. And you were there on their first date. To be there on their first date. That's it's crazy. just like, that's what it's about to me. And that's what I love about a cake. And that's what I love about a cupcake. There is something also beautifully nostalgic. And I don't like so ingrained in my whatever Americana recess of my memory of like a cake on the kitchen counter, you know, that yes. everyone's taking their slices off of maybe of a slice. And it feels so fancy. Kids get so, so excited and it's their own. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, I don't have to share this with someone. I can choose exactly the flavor I want. And I get the, the I get the buttercream. I get the cake. I get the if it's frosting filled, which is super exciting for them. Like it's just their own personal cake. We're also at the age where then we have to put a candle in it and we have to sing, sing. happy birthday <laughs> to all of them, which takes a while because I have a lot of children. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Wait, so what prompted you to open it's bird bakery bird right bakery, uh-huh. and what what sort of prompted you to open it what was that initial stage like I mean I think it was before you had your first child it was it was my first child it was your first <laughs> child so talk to us a little bit of that entrepreneurial spirit I think is in a lot of moms and everyone's a little bit afraid of yes. the time commitment and of the various hurdles that are, that are inevitably there and I would love to hear a little For bit about sure. that process. no it was like truly the most difficult thing I'd ever done I studied journalism I was a anchor at Al Gore's network current tv for four and a half years at the point I had like it like when I decided to open the bakery, I basically had three shows that were all canceled within two weeks. And one was for ratings. One network just went away. Like it was all different reasons. And I always knew I'm just a very goal oriented person. Like I was like, okay, by the time I'm 40, I will host a today show or like be a correspondent for the today show. By the time I'm 50, I'll open a bakery. And I don't know why and how I ever thought I would have the energy at 50 to open the bakery. It's a really good thing I did it at 28 and not 50. So basically when they were canceled, I just felt completely out of control. I was like, this is, you should go to work every day. You show up, you do your job. And this is completely for reasons beyond me. And that's, as you know, the entertainment industry, as you both know. Um, So I thought this is a perfect time to execute one of my goals. And so I, and I had flown back from, I was like in Tokyo for a job and flown back and flown through San Antonio and and wanted a cupcake because I had, I'd like only had Japanese desserts. And you know, when you come back to America, I mean, England is one thing, but like when, even when I'm in Paris, like I come and I just want a nostalgic American dessert. And the only cupcakes, um, that they had available were from the grocery store. And, you know, you're living kidding. in L.A., we do not settle for grocery store cupcakes. <laughs> I mean, sometimes if you really just want that, then you get that. So but something about a pop them every exactly. once in a while yeah, that yeah, really, yeah. like, gets me. Actually, <laughs> I've had a really good cake from Ralph's the other day. I was like, who is this? And then I was like, kind of, I was like, wait. And so you asked for the whipped cream instead of the buttercream? Like, that's the Ralph's oh, hack. Oh, that's So smart. I learned, yeah. Whole another Oprah. Um, Thank you, Seth. <laughs> yes. I hate you for revealing that to me. <laughs> um, so I knew, I always knew I wanted to open in San Antonio. My grandmother had a catering company there. I knew at that point that the market was very ready and ripe and they didn't have any other cupcake stores and um, that I could basically continue my grandmother's legacy. She was very British and had did things like um, lemon curd and English trifle, but I always knew I wanted to do American nostalgia. So I take her uh, boiled custard and turn it into our banana pudding. And then my mom actually at age 27 opened the first health food store in San Antonio. And so I wanted to be near her. So my bakery is like a stone's throw away from where my mom's first store was. And then we're um, three, four blocks from where my grandmother's kitchen was. And those are like my earliest childhood memories of baking. We're sitting in her kitchen, smelling like just all the incredible smells from her oven with the, her window fan on because it's 9 million degrees. Mm-hmm. And I was always there in the summer when I was out of school. And I would go like in her walk-in refrigerators and just find her little boats that were made of um, of sugar cookies, like our sugar cookie boats, and then dip them in the lemon curd and think that she had no idea I was in there. I was just like, I'm cooling off. Don't mind me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was, it was a full 
circle yeah. and I felt like she was there and every even when I'm there like late at night early in the morning I feel like she's always with me so it was definitely an homage to her and a reason and a way to keep our family recipes alive Do and you, what's it been like juggling now that you have the kids what's that sort of I mean the the business was more set up by then three years into it but but what was that like you know with a newborn and then a second newborn it I would I couldn't have done it. I don't think at the time for sure. I mean, I can say to this day, starting my company was the most difficult thing I've ever done. Um, it's more difficult than being a mom. It's more difficult than anything I've done in television. Like I think in the eighties or the nineties or in the past, like a hundred years ago, if you're going to open a bakery, you would be an apprentice at a bakery for 40 years mm -hmm. before you're ready at 60 to open. And really, I mean, I had never done it and I didn't have any, um, there's no book on it. And so I had the recipes. I love to bake. I knew I was a really good baker. I also knew that I was killing myself like the first year trying to do everything, decorate, bake, payroll, make sandwich. Cause then we eventually we, um, after two weeks we started doing breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, so it just was oh truly. And then, you know, if you were like one day I need to sleep in and then your baker doesn't show up and the decorator's there at 5am, the baker was supposed to be at three. You right. get a call. There's like no you literally finally are yeah. only sleeping for four hours for the first time in like months. And then you get full thing. Hi, we're opening in three hours and we have no no product like literally the definition of insanity is opening a business where you have to create all of your inventory from scratch every day <laughs> I would look across the street at people like opening um, a clothing store and just dusting the windows I was like I really screwed up <laughs> like what was I thinking this is a terrible idea <laughs> um, and also you can't rush baking no, no. it's not like you're like oh shit, no, I'm behind exactly. let me just like bake a cake real fast exactly no that has to parfaits cool. for days exactly <laughs> I'm not a baker I love to cook but I'm not a baker um, and I was thinking and I'm but I'm obsessed with cake videos on Instagram you like, are I, I love it and I don't even I mean I like cake but There's it's not like I'm like for that kind of porn like it is it's totally when they like they swirl it and then my favorite is when they have like the layers and then they cut it at mm -hmm. the end and you see all of the, the different layers. colors mm -hmm. inside not, not anything I really want to eat yeah. but it's so beautiful and so I was like I want to go and learn to do that and so my friend was like great let's go do it together and then she shows me the, like this this like class schedule and I'm like why is it like seven hours long and she's like because you have to wait while it cooks yes. and I was like cool. oh yep nope yeah. done <laughs> all I want to do is the spinning part I just, like, just want to decorate it and cut it, it at the end oh give me the YouTube version of that <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yes. it happens in 60 seconds on Instagram uh -huh. What's it, what is this seven hours there is no Instagram version in a real bakery no. unfortunately oh my goodness I know do your kids cook with you they do they love to cook and they love to some, they always like want to make cookies and pies and so I'll, often I will just say um, like I'll take expired spices and let them make pies or like last week and we made flower pies because they love the process of it but like mm. my gosh between like making cook like I love to cook almost as many meals as I can for them and so it'll buy you an hour tell them to go make flower pies they go pick the flowers they cut them up then you give them like sugar flour eggs they mix up you put it in the oven it smells amazing no and one eats feel it. Like, no, no, nobody, nobody eats it. it. Because we, we bake enough stuff that they actually eat. Right. And then they can also do it. Like they can't make a buttermilk pie unsupervised. Right. But a flower pie, get it, like girl. Flowers, like flowers, as in like guys. flowers that you yeah, like. Yeah, they like, just go like, they'll pick, they'll literally spend an hour in the garden like finding flowers or like they'll take the wagon and go up and down the street and find flowers. Oh, that's so cute. And then they cut them all up. And then, but like, I, obviously if you're making chocolate chip cookies, you can't let them make them on their own. Right. The beauty of flower pies is they're their they're, own thing. Yeah. Exactly. They'll add sand. It, they think they need rocks, so they'll add rocks to it. I, I feel like it's that. Such, they make potions out yeah, of like outdoor it's such a stuff. Thing. Um, I, there are YouTube videos of bakers for kids that are like, like have 15 million views on them. I mean, mm -hmm. it's the most insane thing. Um, 
uh, but I, I think it's, I think it's actually such a nice way also to teach them independence of like, they get to do something that mommy loves to do that they see you do. Yes. They have a lot of pride in that. You don't have to worry about them making something that they can't eat because you know they can't eat Exactly. It. But I also think that there is a creative thing because like I learned to cook when I was little and, you know, by older women in my family who would like just teach me that all the recipes and stuff like that. And I think the ability to be creative with it allows me to go in and make dinner for my family and not have a recipe. Exactly. I don't usually cook from you a recipe. I either have recipes all in my head. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's different with baking, I'm sure, because no, it has to be it, much yes. more exact. But we, we cook meals for our family much more than we bake. For, I mean, right. we're not baking three times a day for our family. Like, I mean, the kids aren't just eating cake all day? Exactly. I mean, they would <laughs> love that. I like you. I'm like, I, I also believe that I would never serve anything at our bakeries that I wouldn't serve my own children. So like our monster cookies are made with non-hydrogenated, like it's not organic and it's not vegan, but I try to go as natural as possible. No hydrogenated oils, like even our tomato basil soup is organic. And um, yeah, and I think like, I really do think you can treat yourself and treat yourself well if you're not eating Crisco frosting yeah. instead of eating like buttercream that's actually made with farm fresh eggs with whole your milk your body knows how to process that exactly. your body knows how to and it feels like a treat and it actually counts for something in your mind so you don't need to you know have it every day for every meal exactly. although I'm sure I'm sure you'd like <laughs> frequent customers if, <laughs> if Daphne and I lived with you we would have like a sad week of just binging <laughs> I don't I always wonder always. about that too because there are lots of professional bakers who are very thin and I'm like how do you do this because I would be 8,000 pounds okay if I but did around. I ever tell you the story about this? So I had a I had a woman who lost a lot of weight when I was working with her. And I, you know, some of it obviously is the exercise, but she was very focused on her diet because most of being thin is diet. And I said, how are you so thin? And she said, well, the first taste is the experience. The second one, you're reliving the experience. And then the third time, you've already done it before, so what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And that's that just kind of like the yeah. tasting thing. And I think that that's what we have to get our mind around. I mean, for me, I know I love wine. And so when I drink a glass of wine, I notice the first sip is like so much different flavor. And then by the end of the first glass, it doesn't taste like that much mm-hmm. anymore. So then it's like, I mean, I don't, I don't drink a lot, but I do really enjoy it. And I think that I try to stay with the taste experience of it. And that's how I don't overdo it. I, I, I had that two bite rule at the Chew and now I feel like I've forgotten it. <laughs> I need to go back. How to many it. Sour Patch Kids have we had today? <laughs> we've been good. We've been, we've been moderate. Um, and the wine thing I think is tricky too. I've, again, it's been, it's been a long time since I've had like a full glass of wine. So I'm looking forward to it perhaps. I really, I really um, enjoy it in between my pregnancies because yeah. there's usually not a lot That's of time. That's what I say. I'm always like, I'm going to drink while I'm not pregnant. Yes. And I'll be really good when I'm pregnant. But when I'm not, like, I will have that spice margarita on a Monday night with dinner. Sorry. It, but I'll nothing be to be sorry for. Five minutes if I have it my way. <laughs> nothing so, to be sorry for. A hundred percent. Wait, so when do you think timing for the third? Like, what's your, what's your thought on that? I mean, I really would like a Virgo. I know I'm not even like a person who reads my horoscope no. a lot, but I I'm, have two Virgos. <laughs> I yeah, there, I have so. a cusp baby. Yeah. They're tra- they're tricky. So they were born with the within the 17th and the 23rd. Then you're a cusp baby. and You're a mix of the two. So she's definitely a lot of Leo. Leo's fun. A Leo. I'm, a Leo. I'm a double Leo. Leo's, are you are, yeah. Rar, you're a double fire. Leo. Mm-hmm. Like that? Leo rising. Oh, yeah. oh, that's yeah. Very interesting. Okay. Yeah, you're and, a nice and what's feisty. your husband? He's a Virgo. Like everyone in my life is a Virgo. It's oh, so funny weird. You fa- that you like gravitate towards that sign. My husband's a Leo. Um, 
but you've talked about i was reading about um what is it placenta previa is that how you pronounce it yes yes how so wait crazy. so did you have your baby early um no know. both of my both of my babies were super late i'm always late but myself. you had placenta previa <laughs> um, and so my late? daughter was actually 15 days late like wait what 15 days late and we shouldn't have you let must her have go been that long. so uncomfortable Those are the longest 15 days i honestly <laughs> didn't care like i didn't want to be induced and i really to me it was so important that um she just came when she was going to come mm-hmm. and also i had so many more things to do <laughs> But I was like, I like, know this is, this is the most convenient you're ever going to be. busy. It is true. That it's is true. true. I was like, I was like, I am not done with my to-do list. So you just stand there. also, due dates are estimates. Like, I think that's exactly. it gets you all, like, amped up for the specific day. But they're just guessing. Exactly. It's not really, like, that precise. Um, and better not to rush them out because then you pay the price after. Pitocin, you pay the, pi- pay the price. I induced my last baby. And I was very nervous about it. And I was like, the fourth one, I was like, oh, this one's going to come like this. And then I had extra water. So I kept on going into labor and then he would float oh, out wow. and then so and then crazy. the cord was around and it, that, that's complicated because if your water breaks um first of all your, your belly just gets huge it's mm-hmm. very 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 uncomfortable and then if your water breaks you can have cord prolapse where the cord comes out first mm-hmm. which is very very dangerous mm-hmm. so we waited until the 39 uh, to the day 39 yeah. weeks and they induced Induce. me and it was like the most lovely experience of my life like did you, I, do I, a, did you do um epidural an epidural yeah all four of them see that i was induced with my second with no epidural and it was like hell for, yeah, it, it was 29 yeah. hours of, of full-blown labor absolute like like my body shut down like shivering cold like i it was t- and, I they, always, and they cranked I always it shiver, up though. and they just no. cranked it up and they kept they're like this baby needs to come so they kept inducing they kept inducing and they're like you're the maximum i was like i can feel that thank you for letting <laughs> thank me thank know you. did you literally... do no epidural for both for for Harper, but then for Ford, like finally, I was like, just give me a walking. I can't. At yeah. Twenty eight hours, literally of, of agony. Indu- yes, of pitocin. When they tell, so that's exactly what happened to me with our third, where I was. It was our third. Everyone thought she was going to come. Not that I, I've always needed to have like the membrane stripped to just pr- mm-hmm. to start the labor going, but um, after twenty eight hours of true agony because they had to induce her and then they kept cranking the pitocin which just makes you in full-blown labor before your body's right. ready to do that and yes. I wasn't dialing all this stuff and they were like we don't know what else to do for you and they literally said to me you could be feeling this for the next 10 minutes or the next 10 hours and when they tell you that after you've been like writhing struggling in writhing in pain struggling and also even the nurses were coming by being like are you sure you want to keep doing this like <laughs> like that they were they were looking at me like I was insane they gave me the epidural and I gave birth 10 minutes later I oh was my like gosh. Ah, I know kill like, what did I just- <laughs> no but I mean at the same time it's it's all and as long as the baby comes out fine and you're fine whatever it is I think that people start obsessing so much about these certain things because we're trying to have control over an experience that mm-hmm. there's not a lot of control oh my about. gosh isn't that so funny the difference between your first like my first one I was like so this is a playlist yes I will be doing yes I will be doing my hypnobirthing here's my sign which I printed and laminated for not one (laughs) but three doors in case there are other entryways like I was so crazy I was like I'll have the view of the city as I like deliver like it was so different than how but I have to say though like you there's a lot of fear that's around this because it can be really scary and once I I realized it wasn't so bad I decided to have an epidural because they suggested it and I was like oh okay but the problem is 
is that you can't relive that particular birth. And right. I've had four kids. You had two. You're about to have four. They're all different. And you can't be like, okay, well, let me try again and see what happens if I didn't use right. an epidural. It's right. like, it just is the mm-hmm. way that it is. But anyway, she told me, and then she said she, there's a walking epidural. And it was like the most magical thing. She you said, do me a favor. Everything. You feel everything. It just numbs it a little bit. Mm-hmm. So allow, for me, allow me to be more present for totally. the experience. And like, it takes away the edge it's mm-hmm. like having five glasses of wine right and going to labor it's your margarita um, yeah. exactly with your spicy on marg. <laughs> but no it's true like it really does and i feel like that i don't know how many hospitals offer that but um it was for I think me it's a really common thing now walking up yeah down. for me it was it, was, it took a, it was the perfect happy medium yeah. and it was like a really great happy place happy medium between the two and like i felt like i felt everything experienced everything and then I was like, why was I so stupid with the first? Next time I'm just going to walk off the elevator and be like, give me the give walker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> give me that walking yeah, elevator. Yeah, walker here. Walker. <laughs> I am actually, I, I take that back. I'm joking. I'm not going to walk off the elevator. I'm going to like try because I still one day want to be one of those women that's just like, it slipped out. And after two labors that were over 28 hours, I do not think I'm ever going to be. But like maybe, maybe one day. No, I have to say that the long labor is actually a blessing. I mean, you don't want it to be like too long right. because you get to like, I have... I don't have a plan, but I like to like do certain things. Like mm-hmm. I want to make sure my doctor is there. Yes, I want to make sure that like everything is like all situated in their place. Mm-hmm. Like it, I don't need to have a playlist. I don't need to have any kind of like bells or, or like crystals or anything. But like I want to like make sure that the right people are there. Mm-hmm. I liked it the last two times I go in without my husband because he stresses me out. And then I invite him when I'm ready for him. <laughs> and then I want him to be there when I'm pushing. And then there you go. That's perfect. So you have a system. I have my system. And if my and if I had a short labor, then I would not be able to That's have my true. system. Your system needs time to be executed. My friend, well, have you heard, um, she was public about this, so I, I can say it. But so, you know, Seth Meyers, his wife, Alexi, who's amazing, she delivered in her hallway or in her lobby um, because she has really fast labors. Now that is like, Who yeah. caught the baby? She did. She caught her own baby. What? I know. I, Seth was talking about it on a show. Like, uh, her son is the same age as um, as Romeo. No, she literally what about like. The cord? But see, like the the, that's the doctor the in me that like she that literally caught been her own baby, and then she was freaking out because the floor is dirty. So she was like trying to hold on. They but had, like, like who clipped the cord and who pulled the, the, the rest? They, the they, um, the, the ambulance <laughs> came. <laughs> it was three hours later. The, the ambulance came. Uh. Oh my god! I know. I know she's amazing. I'm trying to get Did her. Did you to say come someone gave birth in a trunk? One of my friends just had a baby three months ago, and literally the back of her Tesla. I was like, the picture is astonishing. She's like, and it's. So wait, we we know Nasi, but we can see that that's, she's like all like you know she has it all to together me. all the time. It's amazing to me. I I'm like part of me is like that's how it should be done. Like not yeah. actually in the trunk, but you know like in the fields, like in the in the yurt. We were talking about this earlier today that <laughs> a part of me, a really weird hippie part of me, wants to like you know just have it be very nature and just yeah. you know very oh no i know i was born in a birthing center yeah. like i want to be i love the idea of like a water birth and then you kind of see the videos and you're like i don't i like the idea of like a clean water birth yes. like i don't or like i or i don't like a bathtub doesn't sound bad to me but you just can't really do it in la i, I asked no they're really they're very resistant and in new york too they're very like my doctor who I, again, we talked about this too. Like it's about surrounding yourself with a team that you really, you trust their judgment. You know that they respect and and value what you want, but they're also going to give you their best medical Mm -hmm. advice. And she said to me, she was like, the birthing floor is on the seventh floor and the OR is on the eighth. And the difference of waiting three minutes for the elevator to get you to the OR could be the difference between you having, God forbid, Mm -hmm. like a brain dead baby or you bled out or whatever. And like, I can't take that risk, which is, 
all you need to hear and all you need to hear you need to hear that I'm not it's one thing what I want but it's another thing for the well-being of my child my doctor said as I was you know the first time around as I was kind of like going for the eastern versus western he said childbirth is not benevolent and people used a lot of people used to die Mm -hmm. and a lot of kids used to die like mothers died kids died he said now we have a system where that yeah like just how close how much the birthing process you are really at that divide between life and death in this very, like we are very comfortable and confident as we should be in our Mm -hmm. expert care, but you are, it is still a really dangerous, delicate balance. Um, And a lot can go wrong. And a lot can go, and you never want to be Which doesn't mean that we have to be afraid of it, but at the same time, I think if the options are out there to do it in the safest way possible, even if it feels like it's it's overkill, you know, surround yourself by people that you trust. Exactly. You know, I mean, my doctor, I've said, you know, he's so Western, is so different from me, but I completely trust him. And I know if God prevent something happens, he is going to be able to do the right thing for me and my baby. Absolutely. And that's all that matters. Mm -hmm. It's our safety and well-being. What's been the most surprising part to you about motherhood to two like like your first time versus your second time. I just think there's their stages at their different ages and how magical it is like I right now is just like my daughter is four and a half and she's just this phenomenal human that has these reasoning skills um like the other day we were building a fire and my husband's like Harper throw that she goes, I'm going to throw the log in the fire. And my husband's like, Harper, you never throw a log in the fire. That's super dangerous. Fire will burn you. If you throw the log, the flame will come get you. And she's like, dad, I'm not actually going to throw it. It's like when you say you're going to jump in the shower and you walk in the shower. She's like, relax. Like literally, oh the, 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 I'm Let like, you are a grown up. <laughs> That's so no, four funny. is a crazy no, no, trans, no. especially well, I, I've only have a girl who has turned four by now. It is a remarkable jump they become in intellect. Teenagers. It's crazy. It's crazy. And then the crazy. two and a half year old that's just like putting these words together and like, I love you, I love you, and just I want to massage your face. And like I'm I'm sure he's gonna do something with faces. I don't even oh maybe a plastic surgeon. I don't know. But he like every faces? he has to outline my lips every morning. There's such to, there's such oh, lovers. So my two year old, Leo, he's like a narrator right now. So everything is like I will kiss your lips yes. and then you will close your eyes and then okay, let's to an and then I'm going to say Rawr! and then you're going to open up your eyes and then I, you say are you scary Leo? <laughs> literally everything he narrates now. I turn the light on and then I look at light and it burns my eyes <laughs> And the light is on, and the dog is doing this. Yeah, like it's, it's very, just the every, it's the, they're, oh, they're so sweet. So and then they're like a little wild animals that drive you crazy. And then there's like really sweet again, and they just toy with our emotions. No, but yeah. I do. No, I think so like good. the more you have, the more you can anticipate. The first time I feel like everything is just magical, and you're waiting to see what's next. And I think it's like like going somewhere twice with the second one. You know where you're going, so you can almost really appreciate the milestones more and. Like just um, appreciate things that maybe one child does that the other one didn't or their different strengths and weaknesses Mm -hmm. and not even strengths and weaknesses, but they're just different like personality quirks and what makes them tick. You're like, you are this fully magical human and just like watching every part of that and then challenging yourself as a mom to just be better. 
I'm like, oh my gosh, with Harper, I didn't think to do like this activity with her. I wasn't really into, I wasn't, I was like into sensory, but like taking it to the next level. Um, and, and they all need different things, mm-hmm. but I'm going to be excited for you when you have your third, because one of the, I mean, for Daphne and I, we both have the same pattern. We had girl, then boy. And whether you have boy, girl or girl, boy, you know, you look at your girl and you say, all right, this is what, you know, Alec and me, this is the kind of person that we make. This is the kind of girl we make. And then you have our boys. We have Raphael. Yeah. And we say, okay, this is the kind of boy we make. And then you have another one for her. It was girl. For me, it was boy. And you were like, whoa. It's like we made a completely different That's so human. That's crazy to me. And it's because totally some of it you just attribute to like, oh, yeah, our girl is like this or our boy is like yes. this. And it's like, okay, well, our boy is like this. Then we have another boy. And then I had another boy after that. And you're going to have another girl. And you're like, well, they're all completely, they completely are, they're different. different. They're totally little different beasties. And I always... It was one of the first moments um, of becoming a mom that I realized how different my expectation of it was from the reality was realizing that they were born with their little personality. They are. They really are. Like Philo fought out of her swaddle week one. I mean, she was like, I'm having none of this. You will not trap me in this. I'm not lying (laughs) on my back. I will not be held down. I will not be held down. I'm turning on my side. I don't care what you say. (laughs) That's kind of like what you realize. Like I have friends that my kids are, I have to say like, so in some of my friends, I'm like, wow, really wild. It's like, is this your parody? And then you're like, no, they just come out like this. And, and like Ford is so, um, this is why like he's, I'm very much like fiery and direct and he's super emotional. And somebody who was like really into signs told me like, you're going to have to be like very, um, like more emotionally available. And like, not that I'm not, but like, he is just very much an observer and you can tell like bring, like takes that emotion in. And my husband said the first two months he was born, he's like, he's like a disgruntled union worker that never got his break. <laughs> like he's just kind of pissed that he never got his break. And I was like, why is he so grumpy? Like I was really happy. And then I, I was like, oh, maybe it's because I was opening the second bakery and had to fire a bunch of people when I was pregnant. So as moms, we put it all on us. We blame us. ourselves. Yeah, I, was, I, was like, I was like, I did have to fire that guy and I was screaming and I had a pit in my stomach because like I really like, you know, and so I'm like literally going back, like how many staff, I fired seven people when I was pregnant and that was emotional. That's why he's grumpy. I'm like, no, that's Wait, not are you good at now. dealing with confrontation? Like, like, because I imagine, look, I think in this day and age, entrepreneur behavior slash like the journey of it has been glorified in so many ways and it seems very sexy and like cool and you work for yourself and like all these amazing parts of it but the firing element and or the other very difficult balancing of the books all of that like are you good at that that's what I tell you it is the most difficult thing I was spent three hours on the phone this morning with an employee who was just who was terminated Friday and since then has taken four checks he like forged my manager's signature (gasps) um like equal uh, totaling $4,500 whatever to be and he was Literally two weeks ago, I was at the bakery being like, I sitting him down saying, you have so much potential to be a supervisor. I'm so impressed by your customer service. Like even with the whole thing, I left, I like left San, D- Dallas to go to our San Antonio location. He had the biggest ego because I had given him this like, I, you know, positive affirmation and then became a nightmare. And then literally, so no, when I, if it's not, if it's not employees or customers or Yelp, or, you know, it's just, it's always something. And you know, I always say, I feel like as a parent, it was kind of like in school when you knew that 4.0 was the best you could do. Like, I know I give my kids 1 million percent. I know the best thing I can do is like put my phone away, focus on them. I know how to read them. Everything is really intuitive. Mm-hmm. I'm the oldest of four children and my youngest brother was eight years younger. Mm-hmm. So like I had changed more diapers by the time I was 12. I feel like the most, you know, a lot of my friends were getting baby nurses and I never did that. I just said, I was like, felt like my mom showed me how to do it. And I think probably as 
children in large families, you might feel the same way. My brother's 13 years younger than I am. My siblings are all like, I I felt like a live-in au pair slash mother, second mother. I literally was convinced my mom only had four kids so we could do stuff for her. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. There's a book that I forget what's the eat something, the something bunny shoot, whatever. It's this book about a bunny who has 21 kids and she puts like two of them on each. Yes, the golden golden shoes. She's just the cutest book. It's so cute. And she gets this, she goes off and she has her own. She has. I was like, damn, this is the right system. You it's get two true. kids on cleanup duty, mm-hmm. two kids on dinner, two kids on like. You got to You got to teach them to to do their exactly. their chores. But, but to your point about children teach children needing different things from you and teaching you different things about yourself. I had so I had like an astrology chart read as well, and it was <laughs> it was um you know my I'm I'm an Aquarius. My daughter is a Pisces, and the stereotypical like Aquarius is you know you're kind of divested from your emotions a little bit or you're just you live at like a little bit of a more of an aloof stage you're not as you're not as um maybe aware of them or other people's emotions as you might need to be and Pisces are just like receptive to everything it's all they like they're just these emotional emotional creatures and she has taught me so much about how to be not just thoughtful of her emotions and how to talk to her through them and how to help her reason with them um but also like the way that she gets sensitive about things. And the part of me is like, why are you being sensitive yeah. about this? But then it forces me to access my emotions in a way that I think is really yeah. important for me, for my growth as well. Anyway, this reading was talking about how your kids are put here as much for you to teach them about life as for them to teach you about life. And they each do it in such different ways. That's um, so true. And my like son's a Libra and he's the most loving, like when you're talking about him outlining your lips and so you know, John's, I just want just, to I love you. Like I just boy, want you to hold me thing. for a long time so though. Not just a little bit. You're like, I'm going to hold you forever and you're never going to ma- get married and you're going to be mine forever. I will hold you down. And I will Don't love you. I will hug you and I will squeeze you. Exactly. I'm never letting you go. I'll never let you go. It's oh, true. Yeah. But I do, I feel like they teach us these things and, and, to, to my point about being a CEO and entrepreneur, um, you know, you have to manage your employees differently, just like you have to mother your children differently. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not what you say, it's what people hear. And there are so many different types of employees and there's so many different types of staff members. And it's so weird how one person will just gravitate towards one thing and ignore another. And I've really found that being a leader in my company has made me a better mother. And, um, and, and I've also found that I also know that like when I'm being the best mom, I can be when I'm being the best leader, I can be, you know, that like being present is the key to both. Um, and, and I feel like it, it really, there's so much more crossover than you would think just in terms of the different personalities and the different way people gravitate towards different things and what they hear from you. Um, you really have to know how to take several different approaches to actually get through and to read people without them ever telling you what they actually need. Yes, <laughs> just tricky totally. Too. I want to talk about travel slash like lo- relocation because I your locations are in Texas, mm-hmm. right? You live in LA. Mm-hmm. I imagine you want to travel with Army when he's on location for yes. movies as much as you can, mm-hmm. like while the kids are little. How do you how do you juggle that? How do you sort of? It's definitely <laughs> a lot. Like Army's filming in uh, London right now. I've been in New York. Basically, I was in New York. For three of the last four weeks for work. And then obviously the bakeries too. So um, I try to bring them as much as possible. I feel like, especially because Harper's, she graduates from preschool next week, but preschool, they've, they're so understanding. And she really, I mean, she had been on 250 flights by the time she was two years old. Um, And they're like most at home on airplanes. They really are. They are in Ford. I mean, Ford is like 
I think old status on American and he's just turned three, <laughs> but like, you know, they just, they're used to traveling and they, and, and they get so much from it. I really try to make everything an educational experience. Like if we're going to Italy, um, cause army's filming them, like, okay, we're doing flashcards. How many steps are on the Spanish steps? Um, so when they see something, it resonates with them. Yeah. Like, I feel like I traveled so much when I was younger, but I didn't necessarily have a con have context to it. So what I do is I like make these flashcards for them about uh, Big Ben and the history. So instead of like, they're not doing math yet, no. but they will say like three interesting things about um, something that they're gonna see, um, about so a park, cute. like Hyde Park, how big is it? And so, and they remember these things. And so then when they're actually seeing it for the first time or the second time it or the third something. time, they have context and it means something and they're actually learning. And like Harper's teachers have been amazing. They said she absorbs so much because Maybe it's because of like the flashcards. I don't know. But she absorbs so much when she comes back that we would never ask you to bring her to have her in class more than you have her out. And I know that changes when she's older and especially like, you know, the application process um, for kindergarten and stuff. Like you don't want to take up one of the 23 slots that you were so fortunate to have and then pull your child out of school um, for months at a time. But I do think that there's always a balance and I do think there's a way to learn wherever you are. And especially in Texas, like at the bakeries, they know, they have policy procedure. They know like why people are written up. They know what they're supposed to do. They put gloves, like Harper loves to sweep the floor. They also know where we keep the graveyard. Like anything that's damaged, we put under the bottom tray and then we sample it. Yeah, no kidding. And they're like, <laughs> that's the I bet they remember that, that part really well. They're like, <laughs> exactly. so like, right when their friends come in, they're like, I'll take you to the graveyard, which sounds much darker than yeah, exactly. When you said that, I was like, mm, I'm, like not, I'm not a chef, so I don't know those things. It's um, cute. It's like every day is a birthday party for them at the bakery. Their friends are there. There's cake and there's Peppa Pig playing on the screen. I mean, that, that sounds, sounds they're like gonna have such good memories. Yeah. I mean, I think I, as you, you know, as they get older and you sort of figure out school thing, what we've when we've talked to people who have similar. Um, life that you do um, it's the most important thing is that you guys are all together as a family exactly. and you know what their childhood is going to be different just because the nature of who their parents mm -hmm. are and you kind of just have to go with it and work do what's best for the for the family and don't get so caught up in societal norms you know exactly. feel it out and and it's all gonna it's all gonna be okay and they love like seeing you work like mm -hmm. she, Harper love they love being on set and seeing how like it's just really good for them I think to see their mom and dad earning a living and mm -hmm. doing what they love exactly. and doing it well like I think yeah. that that's I totally agree I think that we had someone on the podcast very early on talk about how she never references going to work as a as a chore or something mm -hmm. like she has to do. It's, it's a privilege. I think yeah. she gets to do. I get to go and do something I love yeah. and I'll teach you all about it. And that's why I think actually family businesses are so interesting in that way because your kids will get access at a very early age to the whole, the the kit and caboodle the, and the dark side and the great side. And, and I think... Um, it is so rewarding for them to see you be happy yes. doing something that you love um, and and being like in a diverse number of things, too. I think they don't feel like they're married to one career yes. path either, which is really exciting. And hearing the good, bad, the ugly, like on the way to school, she hears me on conference calls talking about like issues we're having with quality control or, um, you know, a new kitchen manager. Mm -hmm. And she you must and she, have like halves of your brain that just like never connect. Like, there's, there's I literally like, have like, I have like their windows in a computer. You're yes. Just, you're like tabs open. Maximize, minimize. <laughs> but she's like, so what happened? The kitchen manager is like, well, we have a new kitchen man. And she'd be like, that, that is like really important to, for them to hear. They can process so much more mm -hmm. than we give them credit for. 100%, and, yeah. um, and so I love making her part, so making both of them like part of the whole picture, which I think is so important. Fun. Yeah. That's really smart. <laughs> um, I, I just remember there's one thing I wanted to ask you about follow-up question because I was fascinated by your life goals that like you'd gone to 50 and 60, but what are your like, 
how do you break it down? Do you do five, do you one year goals and five year goals and 10 year goals or like, and how does that, I'm just, I'm, I think that motherhood can feel like groundhog day sometimes and you forget about your goals. You're just like going through the motions cause you're trying For to get sure. through the day. But I think it's important to have goals and just to have it like your eye, not even your eye on the prize, but to have like the prize that you're envisioning for yourself, at least available to you when you're in your moments of daydreaming. No, so. I was talking to this, uh, to my friend about this the other day. I said, do you remember in our, our twenties when we would do like vision boards every three months and the vision boards would change. And now sometimes I feel like you're just in the batter's box swinging at anything that comes your way. Like instead of being on offense, you're on defense. Mm-hmm. And it's great when opportunities come your way, but there was a time where you're like, this is actually what I'm following up and I will pursue this relentlessly. Um, and just by nature of time management and only having 24 hours in these beautiful days and children that require those precious hours, um, sometimes it feels like the only time I can get things done is from two to four. Like sometimes I'll put them down like I'm writing our cookbook right now and I am so past my deadline. It's not even funny. Don't even, we can't, we can't even talk about deadlines. I mean like, I'm like, so is like anyone ever been this late? Well, a few, Um, but I hope she didn't mention me by name (laughs) a year and a half late. I know it's just like, I mean, but sometimes I find that like putting them down at nine 30 or 10 and then waking up at midnight and I can only do this when my husband's not there because otherwise you feel like then that should be your time for him like um you know like midnight to four is the magic hour now and then then like then you start your day and so I feel like really the thing I sacrifice the most is sleep which isn't good either but um back to the goals I think that like that having that me time to write them down and to still be really mindful of how those may have shifted. Like, I feel like my goals are still the same for Mm -hmm. me that they have always been. Um, and definitely in the same vein, truly like all in that same direction. And I feel like I'm always moving there. And sometimes I feel like I'm moving more slowly than I would like, but, um, but keeping them visual. And I love a vision board still like, I'm a big fan. And I put them in my daytimer. Like instead, I used to have them in my room or whatever. Now, if there's a picture or something, I'm still write everything down. I'm like such a grandma. I will do no, things it's, electronically, it's, but I like to write down like my schedule. I like to write down. But don't you think there's an element? Cause I'm so not, I am a planner in so many different ways, but I am a very like loose planner. Yeah. Like I, if you asked me five years ago or 10 years ago, if my life would be what it is right now. I would be like, not in a million years. And I think that an element of what has allowed me to get and seek different opportunities is that I didn't have so much to plan. And I would like meet you and be like, yeah, let's go do this. And we'd like run off and do this. And then I'd be like, really, I was always very open to other experiences. And I think that's one of the reasons that I am where I am. I mean, that being said, there's not only one way to do absolutely everything, but I was always afraid of that question. Where are you going to be in five years? You know, because I was afraid that that was going to limit me. I do think that's the beauty of having children. They teach you that though, right? So like I was super OCD, like type A. And now I'm like, someone's like, you might have to go to, you might have to be on a plane tomorrow in New York at four. I'm like, okay, just let me know by two. So you have a plan, but you're flexible (laughs) with the pattern. I think, yeah, I can't, yes. A 1 million percent. Like, and also again, very last minute, if you were like, you should be at LAX now. Okay. I can, I can do that. I'll be right there. We'll make it happen. And I do think like you just learn to adapt as, as you get older and as you have kids and as you have more going on, you have more balls in the air. Like I always say, and I tell my staff this, I'm like delegation. And if one ball falls that fine, that's fine. And like the, one of the biggest challenges I have with a lot of my managers is saying, I know you want to do it all and I know you're going to do it hundred percent. But if you have your assistant manager or someone under you do it and it's 70%, 
I'm not mad about that because you know what? You're preserving yourself. And so much of like what I've learned as a mom not only happened in my upbringing with four children and um, a mom that really instilled a lot of trust in me is I've learned through my management in my company. And um, yeah, 70% can be okay if you are preserving yourself and doing everything else. Like it's, it's, and you can do it consistently. Yes. Yes. So I think you have to be open to change and shifting and um, ex- opportunities and whatever comes your way. But sometimes, you know, I don't know. Don't you also sometimes feel like you're on the defensive and yeah, not on well, the offense? Yeah, well, you don't want to... I, I think I, I want it both ways because I never want to feel like a ship bobbing on the ocean, like with right. no... Just letting the tides take me wherever you're I go. You're still or, doing things. No, you're, you're not always like, doing... Oh, but that, but that's one of the things, too. I don't, I don't want to be doing more. I want to be doing smarter. I, I would say know? I'm just branching in, not out. <laughs> the tr- People are like, Dude, can I get your number? I'm like, I don't need any more friends. <laughs> no, I... But truly, there's, there is a, there's a finite amount of time in your day and I do... My friend, like when when leaning in was like a big thing, she was like, "I just want to lean back. I just like lie down and like." We're gonna be in the fetal position. But that's the thing is, I think if you have so much like put that pressure of yourself uh, on yourself of like so many goals and stuff like that, that sometimes you can forget. You can forget about the process and you can forget about the path and putting one foot in front of the other one being present because you're so focused at out True. There. You need to enjoy the process as much as the outcome. But I think it's important. I think because, look, we're, we live in a time that in many ways is amazing because we can pursue so many things and there are fewer barrier to ent- barriers to entry on a lot of things that we, uh, like you said, we, we don't have to apprentice for 40 years before opening a bakery. But you, you because you can run at so many different things, I think you can spread yourself very thin that way. And if you don't have a vision for yourself of like, here's where, here's where I think, again, it's a thought process. Here's where I think I would be happy in 20 years or 10 years or five years. And you let your life change that. You like, obviously you stay awake and stay open to the opportunities that present themselves. I also am a believer that you put it in the universe. You like, you start to create opportunities that fulfill into that goal that you have. But, um, but I just feel like, Otherwise, you find yourself running at anything that comes your way as opposed to having a strategy mm-hmm. that lets you feel confident that this is like this is building me towards what I want mm-hmm. down the line. I think yeah, it has to be a mix. I mean, I, I started a business when I was 24 um, <laughs> and I, it was really as you said, it was really hard. I was there absolutely every single day. I started work at five o'clock in the morning and I was there until 1030 p.m. every single day mm-hmm. out of the year. And it was hard because, you know, as we got, I broke my hip three days, three weeks before. So I was in a wheelchair and I doing yoga. mm, I was a, I was a dancer as well. It was like just too much of everything. I made my money. I had no money and I made my money through exercise and teaching exercise. You can't stop. Mm -hmm. And so I was having pain and I would go, I had bad medical care and I went to doctors and they sent me away with painkillers. And eventually I literally broke my leg all the way through. So we opened up the studio and I was, um, it was hard because as we, you know, I taught all the classes and then eventually we had some money to be able to pay like $20 for a class or something like that or for, for an instructor. Mm-hmm. And we, um, but then people let you down and people don't have the same work mm-hmm. ethic that you or do. They're not, they're not as, as committed. Or right. Invested. But for me, I started finding out that what, what I loved about the yoga wasn't managing. I didn't like managing. I didn't like being the boss. 
do I like being a boss? Absolutely. But I didn't like being the boss mm-hmm. because I did. I don't like a lot of conflict with people. I want us. I want us all to be happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to like sit down. We're namaste. It's all great. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like yoga, that was my passion, turned into being this like I'm chasing people down. I had to sleep with my phone right next to my face so that if anyone got sick and canceled for like you know the 7 a.m. class when I was you know at, in the middle of the night that I had to change around my privates that I started teaching at five o'clock in the morning. I mean, it was like just so mm-hmm. dramatic. And I think that if I had been so focused on okay the growth of the company where it's going to be and I just like let it I also didn't think it was going to be as, as successful as it now mm-hmm. it has four locations and and they're opening up like a retreat center as well like I didn't think that it was going to be that mm-hmm. successful and I think that if I had if I hadn't lived the process just for my my process my mentality I'm not saying yeah. this is the way this is just the way that I did that I think that I would have boxed myself in but think about how much you learned about yourself through that like you I think that's what you look again like I said you don't know what's going to make you happy you don't know exactly how these are going to work out or come to be or not come to be and you may have goals for yourself that actually would make you miserable. Like, you know, yeah. if owning a yoga right. studio is a goal. And right. then it turns out that you, what you love to do is teach yoga and do yoga, but not necessarily the, mm-hmm. you know, the auxiliary stuff around it. It, it teach, you have to learn from that too. I'm just, I'm always curious about how, how people like sort of, you know, char- I, I think it is, I think a lot of successful people do have at least um, and it's not just like a diffuse thing in their head. It's written down. And there is something psychosomatic about that, like a, a literally writing with your hand what you will to be. And I think that that's I'm always really intrigued by how people sort of. No, it's it's uh, it's absolutely fascinating. I um, I mean, but I also think about that with my relationship with Alec. You know, I was dating the same kind of guy over and over and over again. And if you asked me, am I going to be with an actor I grew up with no TV I still don't watch TV I hate the idea of going and sitting down and watching a movie yes. makes me anxious because I hate sitting down and the only reason I can do this is because say, we're chat. well we're yeah, chatting yeah, the whole yeah, yeah. time but it's like be, I should say sitting down and being silent and watching the screen yes. I just like it, or like it walking just, into a movie theater in the middle of a beautiful oh, day and yes. sitting in a dark so and it's like, body, yes. why are you doing that? People like invite you like, oh, let's go watch a movie together. I'm like, why? We're not even talking the entire time. We might as well be alone. But like the idea that I would be with somebody who's so much older than me, completely different values. He is he's so different than me in so many different ways. I The only reason that I allowed myself to be open to that opportunity was I realized my plan isn't working. Mm-hmm. Me dating these guys who are my age and like don't have their shit together and like, you know, they, they're like the biggest battle in the relationship is feeling like you're chasing them down and like, mm-hmm. oh, is he going to call me back? And oh, is he going to text me back? What did it mean when he said hi? And the text message <laughs> just sending a screenshot to like all of your friends. You know what I mean? And like literally also, dating pre emoji. Oh just had, my had gosh, no, you're so right. <laughs> that is no flexibility. Pre emoji. So oh questions. my God, that's so true. So, that you know. Just, in my mind anyway well we um we ask what your favorite thing would be and it could be like your favorite pair of shoes your favorite um cooking utensil your favorite skincare product whatever whatever. what are you into right now i feel like everyone is into traveling and making like getting their favorite skincare and i love this cold fusion cream from karaswan like i'm always on a plane and it's just basically all like mm-hmm. organic, these incredible like oils and um, all made in LA. And it just is my go-to on the plane. It's a barrier for your face. It's like Ooh. basically putting a very beneficial aquaphor on your face. It's like Ooh. the, because I feel like planes are so dry. so dry. Literally, so dry. I was on 17 planes in March. <gasps> I mean, in May, it was crazy. Like, and the only thing that gets me through, cause I'm terrible at drinking water. So I gotta, I have to keep it all the water in. <laughs> keep it all in. <laughs> keep it in. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's Karaswan Cold Fusion Cream and I'm obsessed with it. And it's like this whipped consistency. 
And it just creates a barrier when you're on a plane, when you're like in the water. I'm so excited it's, about this because I feel like I, I've been on way too many planes. And the biggest change I've made is I, I used to drink seltzer just like because that mm-hmm. was something different than water to drink. I turn on the can that they serve on most airplanes. There's like 20 to 30 milligrams of sodium in it. So Mm -hmm. you're drying your body out as you're drinking it. Mm -hmm. So now I get like a venti hot water before I get on the plane and I just keep squeezing lemons into it and keep filling it up on the planes. That's like all I drink. But this is going to be my new thing. We'll get the link from you so we can Internal and external. It's all happening. Double double the coverage. (laughs) Double (laughs) the pleasure. Double the fun. (laughs) That's right. Double the hydration. I mean, we could go on and on. I know we do have to wait. I know. All right. We want to go home. He has a flight to catch. Thank you. Thank you. Mom. Yay! All right, guys, that was Elizabeth. And, you know, we just, it's, I love these conversations where, of course, we have like no plan going into this. And we like touched on so many different things. One of my favorite things that we talked about was, you know, the pros and cons of either, you know, having this, you know, plan of like these goals in your life versus, you know, my like very like hippy dippy, like, let's just follow the path and breathe in and breathe out and wake up every day and see what um, what life is going to offer. I think they're probably a combination of the two is probably the smartest thing. I think. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you have to be. You, it just depends how you know yourself and how you know yourself to function. And you have to be open to all the gifts of life and just like the weird stuff that you could never have predicted for. Um, and then you kind of want your boat to have a rudder on it to help you steer. And I thought, I just, I love the idea of willing things to be. And I, I'm always just intrigued by how people set up those plans and, or just even just like think about it. And they're, when they're kids, you know, when they, they know, I'm always also intrigued by people who just know themselves so well, because I feel like I... I'm always getting to know myself and, and there's a part of me that's very hippy dippy and it's sort of like, let's just see how this works out. You know? <laughs> and, um, and sometimes it, it, it's great. And sometimes it would have helped sometimes to have a little, little bit more of a little guidance. A little bit of a plan. A little bit of Which a plan. Which is funny because in so many other ways, I'm so much of a planner. I'm a planner in terms of, I want to know all of like the ins and outs of like every single possible thing surrounding something. And I will go and like have consultations and talk and, you know, read everything about it. And then maybe I will like not like have anything to do with, it, but I will know everything about it. Um, but like in terms of like, I will be at this place at this time in 17 years, oh, no, I can't that, that. that stresses me out. And it just makes me feel like I'm going to miss the journey. Yeah. No, I, you never, you can never let the goal make you lose sight of the path. But, um, but I also, I also just felt like there was a real sense of joy that I got from our conversation that, that Elizabeth has, has had a lot of different, you know, careers come into her life and a lot of different opportunities. And, and, um, and certainly like the way that she brings her kids into each of them and makes it feel like such a family affair. I love that. And it felt like, it just felt like life was a big party, which and I I'm gonna love. Go make some flower pies. Flower pies. My kids are going to go psycho over that. They love, they love a good flower pie. Now it's time for our favorite things. Yes. And now it's time for our favorite things. Um, my favorite thing this week is, um, is oatmeal. Um, and it is Earth's best uh, whole grain oatmeal cereal. Um, and it's something that my kids literally thrive on ever since some of their very first meals. Um, they, My kids, when they're 
tired or being super picky or whatever, I know that this is something that they'll eat. It's not going to be a fight. We are a nut household. We're not a nut-free household. So I'll put peanut butter in there. So basically what I do is I'll heat up hemp milk because we also, we don't drink dairy milk. Um, So I take hemp milk, I heat it up, I put it in a bowl, and then I'll put like a big spoonful of peanut butter and I let it kind of melt in there for a couple of minutes. And then I pour in the cereal and I mix it around. And, you know, kids are super into texture. So like, you know, Carmen now will eat like actual oatmeal cereal, but the younger boys are still kind of like funny about like the the chunks in it. Um, so I just find that I know that it, they're eating their whole grains and they're having um, peanut butter, almond butter, which is going to give them protein. And there's a lot of really great things like omegas in hemp milk. So it makes me feel like they're having a really whole meal. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, that's when we traveled here out to LA, I pack in their suitcase, like five boxes of it, because I know if we've had like a long day and everybody's melting down and they just need to eat oatmeal for dinner, it's easy to just have oatmeal for dinner. It's amazing. And then you don't need to pay for room service. And you don't need to pay for room service, which is like ridiculous. <laughs> um, my favorite thing is also something that I don't ever travel without, um, slash like it's always in my like essentials kit. Um, for whatever reason, I'm, I think it makes sense. Kids' nails grow so fast. Yes, I feel like I, I've seen. I feel like I clip their nails every other day, and they're always they're still these like claws. Um, and I, for whatever reason, like of all the things that could stress me out as a new mom, especially clipping nails was always one of the most terrifying parts to me. I was always afraid of hurting their fingers. I was afraid of cutting the nail too short. I was afraid of accidentally, you know, clipping their finger instead of the nail. The whole thing. And then I discovered the Nail Frida, the Snipper Clipper set by Frida Baby. Can I just tell you, I don't, this is like, this should win some kind of NASA award for design. It is, to my knowledge, from all the times I've clipped my kids' nails as they're like trying to get away, trying to do something else, you know, whatever. I've never cut them. I've never cut their nails too short. It, it basically makes nail clipping fail-proof for kids. And um, we own maybe 15 of them because they are just always like missing, you know, in action. But um, it, it is far and away, and I've tried a lot of them far and away, the best nail clipper for kids that I have found. So I hope that makes your nail clipping as easy as it has become I for me. I have to try that because I'm oh, afraid of nail clippers because you can't see it. You can't see. And it, so it stresses me out. But so I always use actual scissors and people look at oh me gosh, like crazy. Even but like, no, I just like hold them really still. And I'm like, but I feel like I can see the whole thing. So I know I'm not going to cut their fingers. Um, and I just like put the fear of God in them when I'm like, I'm like, don't move. You don't want to lose a finger. Do you know that? Well, Carmen was that such a, like a heavy sleeper. She's my only heavy sleeper. But you I clip would, in could the do it when she's sleeping. The other ones, they will wake up. They'll as wake soon up. As you blow no, my kids them. will wake up if so I try to clip their nails. Like really have them like watch a show or something like I that. Was, when I do. While they're, they're watching or while they're eating dinner or they're distracted in some other way, reading a book. Um, and then I, then I sneak in there, but even still, like, even if they're moving, this has saved my life. So there you go. That's our favorite it. things for this week. Um, <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening. We love hearing from you. We read all your comments and your emails. Don't forget our email address is mombrainpod at gmail.com. We're on Instagram at mombrain. We're also now on YouTube. We have our own YouTube channel and, um, we're posting 
the complete video footage from each of our episodes, which is fun. If you want to, you know, be like really be like you're here in the room with us, that's a fun place to check out. And um, and yeah, uh, please rate, review, subscribe. We really appreciate um, hearing from you guys and uh, and love to see that you are enjoying the show and hopefully learning and laughing along with us. So um, until next week, friends, see you then. Bye. Bye. This is Mom Brain with Ilaria Baldwin and Daphne Oz. Mom Brain is a Gallery Media Group original production.